Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the comedian and thought leader behind Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born takes place in an alternate reality where 9-11 never took place. They are a TV writer and producer whose work you can see on a couple small outlets called Netflix and Cartoon Network. You may have heard of them. Uh, You can hear them on Jack AM, Hot and Rich. This podcast is self-care. Please welcome the hilarious Kate Ray! Hello! Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be back here. Welcome back, the yellow one. What a dream. What a dream. Yes. A lot, a lot. uh, You have subdued yellow look today. Just pops of yellow today. So, I am wearing a black and white checkered shirt with pops of sunflowers on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did invent yellow and I do almost exclusively wear yellow, but I've shifted my style into slutty, crazy taxi summer, which is my current fashion theme. So I'm wearing, I'm wearing anything that would like kind of be a yellow, like 1960s taxi. So like lots of checkers, black and white checkers have made their way into my fashion along with yellow. Any yes. like Abba Zabba type? So it's like Abba Zabba sort of aesthetic? As yes, well? exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, Abba yeah. Zabba aesthetic. I mean, you know, we'll get into the seasons. Technically, it is summer, but I think it's fall. Right. So sure. I should update the theme. The seasons but, are a state yes. of mind, obviously. Seasons are obviously a state of mind. Abba Zabba, what a pool. I haven't had I forgot Abba about Abba Zabba. In, I don't fuck with Abba days. Zabba. You know, I'm, that's how bad fucking how, uh, what is it? Half-baked fucked me up. Because that's like a scene where he's like, Abba Zabba, you're my only friend. And he eats an Abba Zabba. And I remember always seeing it at 7-Eleven. I'm like, man, this shit look like a weird-ass cab. And yeah. then because I fell in love with Half Baked, then I started eating them. I'm like, actually, these are kind of good. Mm. Yeah, it's long-lasting fun. I don't think I've had an Abba Zabba since like, I was like trick-or-treating age. Yeah. See, and in my neighborhood, I was, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, there was not Abba Zabba's being handed out where I had like never encountered it in a Halloween, you know, out in the wild until I did it myself at a 7-Eleven. So I don't know, just to give you an idea of my struggle as a child. Kate, I just discovered your magnum opus about why Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born takes place in an alternate reality where 9-11 never took place. Yes, and yes. I'm convinced. Um, can you tell the people, give them a Thank little, you. it can't be fully encapsulated in just, you know, a teaser, but just to right. give, they, they need to go check it out, watch the, watch the entire uh, PowerPoint presentation themselves. But, Thank you. Yes. It is a 20 plus minute <laughs> video essay where I make the very strong case that Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born, starring Lady Gaga, is a movie that takes place in an alternate reality where 9-11 never happened. There's a lot of, you know, things to strengthen that thesis statement that I... You could just go to my pinned tweet. It's my pinned tweet at Kate Raft. But, you know, one of the things is that Alec Baldwin was, like... The get the host of SNL when Ali was the musical guest for the season finale, and I, I thought this was back when 
you know, the movie came out, Trump was president yeah, and Trump Alec was doing all the all the Trump impressions. And I was like, there's no way Alec would be the host of the season finale if this was a universe where Trump was president. And then I like did a lot of thinking and I realized Trump never got elected because 9-11 never happened. And yeah, there's so many more things, but that's yeah. just one of them. Yeah, the level of fame I, f- I found very compelling that like he is pre 9-11 famous. He is yeah, not- he's like, his genre is like country-ish rock, which like <laughs> <Right>. just <laughs> isn't like a thing that is as popular as it is in the movie. Right, right. Universe. Yeah. It, and it kind of was headed in that direction. Like Wilco was getting really popular right, like, right as 9-11 hit. And it's like, what What if we kept going on that trajectory? Exactly. And I think that if the Dixie Chicks didn't get canceled for saying George Bush was bad, mm-hmm. there would have been a more like politically ambiguous country music scene. Mm. Whereas like after 9-11, I feel like it became way more like conservative. Yeah. Right. That's so, so if 9-11 you know, never right. happened, it would be more like everybody would listen to country instead of it being like this, like politicized, like we love America genre. Yeah. Yeah. That so, it like yeah, took Bradley's, a shift. The, the film is meant to ask, get the audience to examine what our world would have looked like had we not just launched into this failed war on terror. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And as we get to the 20 year anniversary of nine 11 next month, mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to watch my PowerPoint. Yeah, really <laughs> what is something from your search history? Oh, something from my search history. I, okay, I, I was looking and literally my search history for the past like three days is all just the names of bars from Bar Rescue. Because <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been obsessed with like this Bar Rescue marathon. And then mm. I just spend the entire day just going, I wonder if that one still exists. And yeah. then I'm just Googling like Fifth and Vine, The Roost, like all these ridiculous names he comes up with for these like companies. One was like the Copper Rocket. He changed like a thriving bar into the Copper Rocket. It didn't survive. Oh, wow. Yeah. What the? F- I mean, did you? So I'm guessing you also are you watch Bar Rescue too? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm so, my, yeah. myself. I mentioned this because did you see that clip of him on Laura Ingram? I did where he's like, workers are like dogs and you yeah. need to starve them. Hungry <laughs> dogs obedient. You're like, yeah. <laughs> And it's like, oh, no, but I like if you watch Bar Rescue, it's like he could have said worse. Like if you watch Bar Rescue, he will be like, say you're a dumb idiot sandwich in front of your grandmother. Like, tell your father you're a failure. You're a failure. Tell him now. Yeah, tell him. Tell him now. (laughs) So like, honestly, for John Taffer, like that was him trying to probably make a compliment, like for his scale. Of like, what is okay to say? Have you seen any bars that you know on Bar Rescue? Because there was one in the valley that I grew up like never going to because it was like the old washed like elderly bar that we're just like, we're not going in there. That it was like, then it was on and I was like, that's what it looks like inside. But it's always a, a startling thing when you see a local bar in there. Yeah, they did one in Chicago and like, I mean, River North, which is literally just where tourists hang out. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're going to turn this into the local and make it like a bar where local Chicago people want to go. And I lived in Chicago for seven years. No one goes to that place. Like, it is just <laughs> full of tourists who are like, oh, my God, I want to go to the bar from the Bar Rescue episode. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. 
Wait, which one was it before it became the local? What was the vibe in that place? Was it the one oh. where they had all the like art, the musicians and shit in there? Yeah, like it was something like Beats and Notes or something like that, like some jazzy yeah. name and they had musicians and he was just like, this is disgusting. Music doesn't make money. <laughs> like <laughs> that, like, like the that's owners all were like, had like this like artistic disposition with like, we wanted a yeah. place where people could do art. They're like, but you're broke. You yeah. Idiot. And he's like, what's, what's more important, sending your daughter to college or putting art on your walls? And right. it's like, that's, <laughs> that's how John Taver sees the world. It's yeah, that's, that's amazing. Sure. Yeah, it's like that Quincy Jones quote that God leaves the room when like the question of commercialism enters the oh, conversation. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. he is the opposite. So just yeah. God leaves the room every time God, he walks yeah. into, John, John into a room. Never known God. He's <laughs> yeah. just like, it's amazing the things he'll do to just be like, I don't give a shit about the culture of this bar, what you want. There was one, it's like a pirate, like he came into a pirate bar that was run by yeah. literal like pirate hippies who were like, we love dressing up as pirates in our free time. Like this was clearly their passion project. Yeah. And he came in and renamed the bar the corporate. Like just shitting in their faces. <laughs> just named it the corporate, made a giant logo of a man in a suit and was like, We want business people to know this place is about the business. Right. And literally, like the pirate waiters just like couldn't get it together. They're just like, Milady, what would you like for dinner? And he's just like <laughs> You need to be normal. And then they all like stormed out. She closed it down three days later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was in, uh, yeah, in Maryland, I believe. I remember that very vividly because I knew people from Silver Spring. And I'm like, I'll be like, yo, do you know this bar? Do you know this bar? You heard of it? (sighs) See? Like that episode came out nine years ago. I'm like, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like, (laughs) like I said, I Google every bar and there's like dedicated websites to like bar rescue updates where they like tell you everything that happens. The Which corporate and copper rocket. I think I feel like I, I don't watch the show, but it sounds like he's over two. And it yeah. sounds like he also prides himself on like being sweet at naming <laughs> at naming yeah. bars. Oh yeah. Like, he's, he's like, I know I exactly what this market needs. <laughs> yeah, the he's copper like, rocket sounds like a steampunk like sex toy. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I don't I thought of something like a mechanical dog penis is like right, right. <laughs> bring out the copper rocket. You're like, yeah. oh no. And then sometimes he'll like change the name of the bar but he like won't get them a new liquor license under the same the right like the new name and then they like have to close down and they get screwed over like three of the bars they were like yeah he just like changed our name and got us a new sign and all of it was illegal right because we can't do business as this thing because (laughs) we don't have a license for it wow okay so yeah little light oprah kind of thing where people got the car and then they didn't realize they had to pay the taxes. yeah they had to pay the taxes it's yeah so there was just a, I, w- I wonder if he was on Laura Ingram to like raise awareness of the Bar Rescue Marathon. Like if that's why he was there. In the Honestly, first place. probably because that is all they show on Paramount, like the right. channel. Like right. I, there's a whole TV channel that just plays Bar Rescue all day. There you go. Yeah, the, he he went on to Laura, the Ingram angle to drag wage workers and then also... <laughs> And also just give some press, a little bump to his bump TV to, marathon. Yeah, to just John Taver's most embarrassing manager moments. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated, Chan? Ooh, overrated. I'm going to say being friends with your neighbors. Mm. <laughs> you know, because uh, people are always like, be friends with your neighbors, create a community. You have people there for you. It's like, yeah, I have people knocking on my door all day asking me for favors. <laughs> like, yeah. mm. like, I feel like I went, I, I went hard. I'm like a big, like, 
say hi to people in the in the hallways, like make a chatty right. conversation. And uh, you know what? Now, like legit, like we've got we've swapped keys. There's people being like, literally, I wouldn't be surprised if people were like, "Oh my god, I forgot to flush the turd I left, and I left for work. Could you go and like get in there and flush <laughs> it for me?" And I'd be like, "No." Wait, boundaries. All right, so you're so you started off. You're a very positive person, and you like engaging with people, but it slowly started turning into like this is a little bit now we're kind of you're kind of having me do shit for you this isn't just yeah. kind of like friendly reciprocity like what's the what's some shit that you've been you know uh, for or what's the situation you've been forced into due to your kindness all right i have a neighbor who's probably listening <laughs> who just constantly constantly goes out on trips and makes me take care of their cats what? Oh fuck! No, no, no. One time I was like, "Oh, I can't. I'm sick." This was true. I was like, "I'm sick. I actually haven't even been able to get up and like to feed myself." And they're like, "Oh well, we already left. So like, please feed them." And I was like, "Whoa, oh, <laughs> no, whoa, yo, yo, wow, yes. that's wild." And I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Like, well, that's definitely like a boundaries. I was, a. Uh, they were like knocking and I'm in this acting class that's on zoom and you do like three to four hours every single day. And I was like, Hey, I'm like, I'm, I'm in rehearsal. And they pushed the door open and like looked around to like prove that I was lying. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. It's on a computer. Oh <laughs> like, my God. You need to chill. <laughs> that's like a relationship I've only seen in sitcoms of yeah. like right, people right, right. who like the neighbor who is that pushy. That's just I, strolls into and you're like, Oh, here they come. I don't watch sitcoms. I'm not into them at all. And yet okay, my life bored. really, yeah, you know me. Um, <laughs> but like my life really does take a sitcom energy. Right, right, right. Yeah, you don't need uh, to watch them. You live it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I, I get so, I get panicked when I have to ask people to help me with shit. Oh, That's yeah. how I am. Because I'm like, oh my God, like I already asked them to, I remember they watched my cats three years ago. I can't go back to them. Yeah. Right. Can, even though I brought back like bottles of wine and, with, and thanks oh. to be like, thank you for keeping my animals alive. But I, I, I'm always like, I'll fight with my partner. I'll be like, well, you, you got to ask somebody this time. I, we've been doing my homies the last oh, yeah, eight yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it this time because I can't. <laughs> yeah. And that's me. Panic. I fly I, out my family members. Like I, I've flown out <laughs> wow. my family super exaggerated because sin is also like super high maintenance so right, like sure. i like did an apartment swap with my dad once when i took a job because i was like you need to take care of her <laughs> she's your granddaughter right and so i usually just like literally fly out my family to take care of my cats <laughs> oh, well wow. yeah hate to hear about those pesky neighbors but yeah mm. otherwise it's good to know yeah. Like, yeah it's good to know who you live around too and then sometimes you'll discover oh maybe they don't want to live near but that's fine yeah but i, I mean, gotta know who i live around I know a lot of the hot goss. That's for okay. sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I really got, like, especially in quarantine, like, I live in a 42-unit building. <laughs> right. Right. So oh, it's you, like, oh, my gosh. Got stories. Yeah. Yeah. I've we have a neighbor stuff. across the street from us who is uh, wild and usually drunk and loves to talk, talk to us no matter what, to the point that I have, like, coping mechanisms for getting to the car without like when he's out on his front porch which is almost always yo is his name richard no oh because i lived across the street from the you were describing this neighbor i had years ago who was always out on his porch and if you came home when he was drinking you had to go have a drink with him yeah 
dude, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 go, yeah. Yeah, I got vanilla stoli, man. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck. And then I remember her majesty, she was like, yo, I can't go out there right now. He's going to ask me. And I remember I would have to do like, I would have to periodically entertain the invite so I could say no the next 15 times. Right, you know right, I mean? right. Like, all right, I'll come over this time. But, you know, I'm going to tell you the next three months, I'm going to say fuck that, though, because I got shit to do. Right, right. Uh, I, don't, I do the thing where I pretend that, like, everything is really bad and I'm going through the worst time of my life. And then they, like, remember it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to, like, remember that lie I told on the fly. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'm like, oh, things are really bad for me. I can't have this conversation. Like, right, right. Yeah, and then, you know, it just is it's very bad. How's yeah. your father's ankles? <laughs> like, what? He, he doesn't have ankles. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What's, uh, what's something you think is underrated? So part of my part of my trip is I was actually in South Carolina and I got to go to Waffle House for the first time. Ooh, and I, think I saw that tweet. We, we don't have Waffle Houses up here. So I think people are missing out on the on the heaven like experience of Waffle House. Mm, so what, more, more. I think Waffle House is underrated because we should have them everywhere. What'd you get? Oh, I got so many things. I got I, I got so many waffles. I got hash browns with like the, the, the smothered and covered and all that kind of mm, stuff. Cat. Yeah, we. Cat, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. I, I did all of it. I, I, I got enough variations that I was yeah. able to get the full Waffle House experience. I, I stole a Waffle House mug. That was pretty fun. I, yeah. I first, I first asked the waitress, "Can I buy this mug?" She's like, "No, but you can steal it." And I was like, "Cool, <laughs> hell yeah!" <That laughs> and then I gave, then I gave her a very good tip. <laughs> there you go. It all comes out. Yeah. That's actually something that ties into uh, climate change because there's the Waffle House Index. Yes. Right. Because Waffle Houses just never close unless they absolutely have to. People use the number of Waffle Houses that are open on a given day as a representation of like how how bad things are, basically. Yeah. From a yeah. natural they all have disaster. Like, they all have like their backup generators. Yeah, they're very... very, very good way of looking at, you know, disasters in localized areas. Right. Yeah. That like, sadly, we're like, more industries should take note of Waffle House uh, for having <laughs> such a robust future forward ideology. Uh, yeah, Waffle House is underrated. More, more, more Waffle Houses. We yeah. think in the future, like if it's like Demolition Man style dystopia, like the Waffle House is like our refuge for like it's the, the, it's the bastion of, of civilization. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's a, it, it, that's the one part of uh, one part of a. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road really like is when they talk about like the golden arches or something. Mm-hmm. It's like we should just have that, but for Waffle House, be like that's like the one thing we all like remember as being a thing. Right. It's like the the one part of civilization still standing is somewhere there's a Waffle House that's still open. We have right. to find it. <laughs> and somehow still getting product to <laughs> still getting product. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> They're still still getting hash browns, still getting right. waffle batter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wonder, like, I feel like Waffle House v, like, maybe Taco Bell takes over the, is the Elysium kind of level restaurant, but then yeah. Waffle House is like the, what what Dennis Leary and his crew eat instead of rats. Oh, They, they yeah, actually yeah, yeah. just are like, Waffle House is there for the people. Waffle I mean, House I'll believe is for it. the people. I'll, so, I mean, you know, as this corporatocracy chugs along, like eventually it will be like, yeah, did you go to Waffle House to get your COVID test and and uh, medication <laughs> distribution? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel like, I what feel a like, dream. <laughs> yeah. I feel like things work 
better in our brand of like hyper capitalism when there's like two big brands like Coke and Pepsi as opposed to like you, you never just have one brand to dominate or when you do it gets weird like America after the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think Demolition Man got it wrong. There's going to be a second brand. And I, I do like Waffle House is the prediction for that. I just think if if we're already leaning on Waffle House for refuge in like bad weather, I, I think that bodes well for whatever the, you know, the new White House will just be the Waffle House probably. <laughs> <laughs> that is the new WH. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, this out of the WH president, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, God, I wish I was there at the Waffle House. <laughs> Joe Biden could be so much better if he just moved his house into a Waffle House. They just serve waffles. He'd have a better idea about, like, minimum wage, for sure. He would have a better idea about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> if he was forced to always work in a Waffle House. Yeah. How many that would be, like, a cool, like, if I was one of the guys who worked for... Uh, Biden and uh, Pod Save America, like a Waffle House tour of like America would be like a good like kind of blue collary like uh, gimmick that they could do. And it's branded, baby. And it's branded. That's the yeah. other part. It pays for itself, y'all. I mean, get the paperwork up. So you ride for Waffle House over uh, the International House of Pancakes? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have. Okay. I've yeah. been to IHOPs before, and they they pale in comparison to the to the beauty and the potential of Waffle House. But yeah. is there anything that even comes? Because I don't know anybody who's like an IHOP stand, or even when they went IHOP with the burgers. They did that. Oh man, I've totally forgot about that. I actually yeah. like IHOP a lot, but I went abroad, so like I'm very international, you know. <laughs> so like, uh-huh. that's kind of <laughs> I have that uh, Euro flavor. So I've maybe had that's just me. in Europe. So. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And let's talk about masking laws around the country, specifically Texas, where they are basically run by Republicans. All the all the big office holders, all the big Any judges worth having. Yeah, are all Republicans and Despite what, like, present tense science is showing us, they're just like, nah, I can't, can't, can't tell us what to do. Yeah. The name of personal freedom. And, you know, we talked about how there have been small little acts of rebellion in Florida and Texas where people are like, I don't give a fuck what the governor is saying. Like, this sounds like absolutely asinine and dangerous to be like, dude, you're not going to can't can't force people to do what's safe for everyone. That's absurd. And. Now we're seeing a little bit of pushback. So we talked about how two counties basically said, we don't give a fuck. We're going to mandate masks in schools. Fucking come come see me then. And apparently the Supreme Court did. Governor <laughs> Abbott was like, hey, Supreme Court, they're trying to flaunt my like my anti-mandate mandate. And they essentially blocked the, this initial mandate from Bexar and Dallas counties. And like these are some of the biggest school districts in the state that they represent. So, you know, it makes sense why they'd want to keep it safe. So some commentary from officials there, the city attorney in Bexar County, Andy Segovia, said that, quote, he said, first of all, the mandate remains in effect. And, quote, the city of San Antonio and Bexar County's response to the Texas Supreme Court continues to emphasize that the governor cannot use his emergency powers to suspend laws that provide local entities the needed flexibility to act in an emergency. Okay, that that makes sense. 
And then in Dallas, the superintendent of the independent Dallas Independent School District said, you know, fuck it. We're not we don't give a fuck what the court said. Like it's there's how can you say we're we can't do this? This doesn't make sense. Quote, we're going to have the mask mandate tomorrow. We're going to be benevolent. We're going to be nice, but we're going to be firm and we're going to enforce it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just. At a certain point, can they just be like, we're going to do it from home then? Like if you if you insist on not letting people wear masks while we're in, like we'll go back to shitty. I feel Zoom like that's school. worse than the mask mandate. Right. Yeah. For, so, for those like, people. Uh, because because Texas is so like we refuse to believe this. A lot of school districts aren't even offering at home options like you have to yeah. be in school. Right. Because It's all you know, like if you think about all the dynamics, right, it's like they'd they want the kids back in school to alleviate the pressure on the adults that are workers. So right. if they don't have to be at home with their kids, there's less of a crunch for the child care because they're at school again. But then on top of that, if you do the mask, then you're reminding people that the COVID rates are going out of control, which could which could create another lockdown, which obviously entities like the Chamber of Commerce yeah. absolutely hate because they've been like, dude, we have to keep the revenue flowing. So no matter what, everything's just sort of linked to this idea of like never wanting to acknowledge that it's bad enough that something has to be done for the sake of just letting business rip um, or business yeah. as usual. I mean, I get why it's better for the anti-vaxxer parents to like have their kids at school. I'm just wondering, like, it, can they if it's not a mandate, can they just be like, well, you're not allowed in our school? Like what? Just work, go from home then. I don't know. I, no, I and because, uh, the, the governor, along with all these other rules, also put in place rules where the school districts can't tell parents if if kids test positive for COVID. They can't share the number of students who have tested positive for COVID. So it's like you as a parent, even if you don't want to send your kid in, you don't really have the information needed to be like, oh, I yeah. should keep my kid at home or like, oh, the numbers are going off the chart because they're just like, nope. Yeah, like right. how'd you get those numbers? Yeah, uh -huh. like the governor says, it's a secret. Like we're not yeah. allowed to say. And, and yeah, he's got a yeah. cool demeanor, though, despite the numbers going up, and also finding out that he's been asking for assistance from outside the state because the situation just becomes increasingly dire. It's like so much, you know, so much double double speak and just lack of acknowledgement happening. That yeah, it's just the, yeah, the chaos I still continues. Yeah, I'm I'm a fifth generation Texan. Like my whole family is in Dallas. And I, I feel like, I don't know, it's like the perfect example of just everything Texas is. Like on the one side, you have these people who are like, we're never going to wear our masks. And then the other side, you have these people who are like, we will do whatever we have to do to wear these masks. Like, we don't care if we have to go to the Supreme Court and fight you. We don't, I, I know in Houston, they like, some people, they did a restraining order against the governor. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that to they, prevent it, yeah. to prevent him from like being able to, like, you know, do anything about people wearing masks. So I just feel like it's just like the two like staunchest, like just, most stubborn sides like fighting against each other right in the stubbornest state it's, in the most uh, yeah in the most stubborn state and everybody's just kind of like i don't know what to do right right all right let's talk uh let's talk some fake meat <laughs> we we know that the copper rocket the copper rocket fake meat the copper rocket that's right <laughs> we know that you know the Factory farming in the meat sector is a huge contributor to climate change and that changing our diets can help slow down the rise of temperatures and just generally, I mean, it's 
it's mainly the oil companies that can slow it down and you know ma- massively powerful corporations and governments that can slow it down but definitely changes to our diets can help our our step in the right direction and yeah so so people are doing a study about just like what happens when you offer you know the better fake meat and possible yeah. and beyond in a market yeah. Because there's a lot of talk about saying like, well, when the fake meat reaches the same price as regular meat, because right now, like, you know, or uh, impossible, just like kind of reduce their prices to sort of encourage more consumption of impossible meat. But a lot of people like, you know, speculating around like when when is there going to be a tipping point where these like these alternative meats become, you know, more highly adopted. And again, it's always been about price. They said if if it becomes just as cheap as beef then we'll probably begin to see an uptake in it. And like right now, a lot of people project that alternative meats could be around up to uh, between 11 and 22% of global meat eating. Right now, it's like not even, it's like a, not even a fraction of a percent. So, you know, what is it? Is it going to be a flip of a light switch type change? Well, it's, you know, it's not so easy. So this student who was working on their PhD project at UCLA sort of used the the dining hall at UCLA as her experimental lab because at, at the UCLA dining hall, impossible meat and like uh, regular beef, they're off. Those items are offered at the exact same price. So there's nothing more expensive to go for the like meat alternative. And so what she saw was when they sort of unrolled or began to premiere these impossible meat tacos and burritos and salads and things like that, students bought 9% fewer animal-based entrees. But on the other side of it was sales of vegetarian meals declined by 4%. And so this is something a lot of experts have feared was that essentially that it's sort of reinforcing this idea that we have a meat-centered diet no matter what. You're like, well, if, the, if it's not real meat, then it needs to be fake meat because you got to have meat in your diet. At not, not really people saying, oh, we don't, we can also embrace like staple vegetables as well. And there was like this, again, a food eating trend being seen from 1961 to 2013, they looked at when chicken and seafood became more available than other meats, American di- Americans didn't eat less beef or pork per capita. They just ate more meat overall. And hey. that's what's happening around the world. We're like exporting this thing. So it's it's tricky. That's yeah, I I, mean, I feel like I fall in line with that where I, I get impossible burgers when I want an impossible burger. Like right. I... I will just crave that. It's not that I'm like, oh, this is me making a more healthy choice. It's just like sometimes I'm like, no, I want an impossible burger, so I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not helping the world. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I'm the same way. I love, I love impossible. That's my favorite of the meat alternatives. But the way we all work as people and just how things are marketed to us, it's clear, especially for Americans, like the idea of meat being a thing you eat to have your complete diet has just been like just rammed into our skulls from birth and a lot of the experts like it's not just so much as being able to offer cheap alternatives to beef it's that like we have to de-emphasize it too like culturally in saying like cultural shift yeah like when you do you know your fake food pyramid for kids like not having to sort of reinforce the idea is like you got to be eating that beef though you know what i mean (laughs) if you want to grow kids because it's not exactly getting the same outcomes And also, like, we have a lot of subsidies, the government, there's a lot of government subsidies that sort of keep this industry operating in the same suboptimal way that it is. So more than that, it's like, we got to kind of legislate this stuff to make it work properly. But yeah, you know, 
I mean, Long didn't the live. food pyramid that we grew up on include two to three daily servings of meat? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I'm pretty sure. I feel like... I mean, Yeah, it's like you should have meat. The bottom is just all bread stuff. It's like, right. like, it's like 12 servings of bread. And then it like makes space at the top for and some sweets, you know? Yeah. You yeah. can right. have a little candy, which I don't think is like a necessary part of any diet. Right. You candy? Sparingly. Yeah, candy. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's part of like for like more of like a happiness diet, you know, yeah, give yourself right. a little candy. But yeah. I mean, who knows the way that how these you know, sort of FDA charts are like created. You, I'm surprised it wasn't like and you got to have three Hershey bars uh, <laughs> every week, too, to keep your bones strong. But as a kid, that is how I saw. I'd be like, Mom, look at the top of the pyramid. It has right. little, like piece of candy. You got to have dessert. That is like a mandatory. <laughs> it's an impossible <laughs> amount of food. Speaking of impossible, it's like, all right, six to 11 servings of bread, cereal, rice and pasta. <laughs> That's so many. What? <laughs> 11 <laughs> servings? 11 servings. I would be like, I wouldn't be able to move if I ate 11 servings of and like the secret here the reason they're able to get away with this is because like a serving is actually really small but that's right that's but you won't know that yeah you're gonna be like okay a slice of bread is one serving so let me eat this half a loaf (laughs) uh eat eat five pineapples three heads of cabbage (laughs) fucking big turkey legs uh, (laughs) a cheese wheel and a little drizzle of maple syrup on it. Yeah, you that, that's your sweetness right there. Yeah. yeah, it's like this idea that you can eat your way to healthiness, like by just <laughs> getting all these different things in. And it's just like, actually, the thing that needs to be emphasized is like eating a little bit less. Right. Uh, well, just, and definitely all, less how we meat. consume. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all a great funnel to just get people to be like, consume, 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 right. consume. All right, let's talk about the FAA. They recently announced that they've reached a new milestone in record time after going through 3,889 reported incidents. They've now charged people with fines that have gone over $1 million. Mm-hmm. So I think that we should just take this as a, as a report card and say congratulations to America. Uh, we did it. We Killing did it. it. Absolutely. No one knows how to act. Everyone is on some other about to snap type energy, no matter what. Yeah, there's like a sort of collection of some of the fines that have been doled out. And these aren't just like little slaps on the wrist. Some people are like $45,000 fine against a passenger in May of this year because someone was allegedly throwing objects, including his carry-on luggage at other passengers, refusing to stay seated, lying on the floor in the aisle, refusing to get up, then grabbing a flight attendant by the ankles and putting his head up her skirt. The passenger was placed in flex cuffs and the flight made an emergency landing in Virginia. Another one is $42,000 for a passenger in May on JetBlue from a flight from Queens to San Francisco, allegedly interfering with crew members, failing to comply with the face mask mandate, making non-consensual physical contact with another passenger, throwing a playing card at a passenger and threatening him with physical harm, making stabbing gestures towards certain passengers and snorting what appeared to be cocaine from a plastic bag, which the cabin (laughs) crew confiscated. The passenger became increasingly agitated and the crew equipped themselves with flex cuffs and ice mallets to ensure the safety of the flight if his behavior worsened. They had to divert to Minneapolis. Ice mallets sound like sounds like a 
like Marvel Universe weapon. I'm assuming it's just mallets to break up the ice. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's the little ones because also... when they get the bags of ice on board, you gotta right. You know, kind of. Well, it used to be an ice pick, but you can't use that anymore because it's a weapon. I guess right. Oh, so use that makes sense. Do they have whenever ice somebody's picks like on the flight? I mean, I don't know, but I assume that's why they... I've never heard of an ice mallet. I assume right. that's just the thing that they had to invent for a plane. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, like, if you're breaking up ice... Well, I don't know why you would have to break up ice at your house, but usually you'd use, like, something, like an ice pick, right? You don't use, like, a meat tender. What's it for, like... Isn't that an ice pick, like, old school? Like, if you just got a block of ice, you know, like... If, yeah. And you're just like, yeah. hey, you want to... Just wanna... gets in there and chips it apart. And you're like, hey, you want to you wanna cold <laughs> scotch on the rocks? And like... <laughs> And you're just like <laughs> putting the fragments in a glass. I don't, ice experts, let me know how this works. But whenever I get a bag of ice, you just slam it on the ground. Yeah, but I think if you're a real deal bartender or, or sorry, mixologist, I think yes. you still have to, you know, pick your own uh, ice. Like you have to have like bespoke uh, ice cube shapes. Right. Right. Of course you do. The other thing, another fine was uh, over $30,000 for someone in January allegedly assaulting passengers around him because someone in his row would not change seats to accommodate his travel partner. He told his travel partner he would need to bail him out of jail for the physically violent crimes he threatened to commit. The captain returned the flight to the gate where law enforcement met the passenger. Southwest banned him from flying. And then it says the FAA does not put passengers on no, no fly lists. So whenever whenever that happens on my plane, I like to turn to the guy next to me and go, I wonder which vaccine he got. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, like this, uh, this I feel like this stuff is just a huge indicator for how angry, stressed, depressed, how little fucks people give at the moment. It's a little jarring, you know, like I, to the point where the last couple of times I was on a plane, I was bracing myself for shit to kick off. I'm like, please, like mm -hmm. if I hear someone like laugh loudly, I'm like, oh, God, they're. Something's about to go down. Well, we just keep we keep adding more and more rules to plane travel while uh, offering less and less service. So it's just like you get in the airport and you're immediately having to do the whole like TSA exam. And now it's like, you know, have your mask on at all times and this and that. And then meanwhile, like flights are like canceled, delayed. People are spending like, you know, three days uh, on an airport and then you shove them into a plane after all that like yeah it's gonna be some bad stuff happening yeah i mean they're it seems like the airlines are understaffed as well mm -hmm. i had to change a flight and spent five hours on on hold we, we like five end, hours on hold. five hours like i have the screen cap because we were like wow this is Record. We were just like doing it as a bit after a while. Mm -hmm. We were like, there's no Whatever, way they're going to like come on and like yeah. help us. And then they did. They ultimately came on and they were super helpful and uh, rebooked our flight for us. But literally five hours of hold time. And so I have another theory here that because aren't flights not serving drinks right now? Like Some during aren't in flight. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is people realizing they're not going to be able to order drinks on the flight and like overshooting the mark when they get drunk before the flight. And like, so they're just extra extremely because this all seems like shit that I would have done when I was blacked out. 
at at various points. Hold not, on, not you like, would have stuck your head up a flight attendant's skirt on a no. Airplane? I guess not all of this stuff. Okay, but you would like, have snorted you know, cocaine doing out of drugs a bag? in the open. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that that one felt like oh no, I could. I could oh no, <laughs> what's the date on this? Twenty twenty one. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's the old, you got a pregame, and then sometimes you pregame a little too much. And, yeah, uh, and it ruins the actual game. Because some yeah. of the fines are also for people drinking outside alcohol on the plane, like right. they're bringing it on board and things like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a combination of things. But in general, I think there's also this like thing when we were just reopening and things like that. Meant we just don't we are we're feral. Some of us are just out here wild, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I got in trouble at yeah. Staples Center. You know what I mean? Because I was too <laughs> wicked against the Suns in the playoff game. So, oh, really? Yeah, remember I took remember I they took my name down and shit because I was no. screaming. They're like, "Hey, man, you you can't be screaming shit like this from the stands." I'm like, "I'm sorry, oh my god, <laughs> I'm sorry." I it's a it's, it's it was 2020. I'm having a hard time, and I I decided to get cathartic at the Laker game. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, when you, once you just like marinate in your own house for about a year, while all the news uh, is like you know teaching you different ways to hate each other. Mm-hmm. Turns out once you stick them back together, right? Yeah, it's not a great situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oof. Yeah. Have you seen any? Have y'all seen anything on flights? I know DJ Daniel was telling me he saw something recently when he was coming back. Like his flight took a minute to get to the gate because someone was wilding out. But I don't know if have y'all encountered unruly flights. I haven't been able to fly. My wife is very pregnant. So our last trip, we had to drive to Montana. Mm. So we did it as a road trip. And then our in-laws were taking a flight on the way back and they got the flight got delayed like three or four times in the space of I mean, it was still a faster drive than it was a flight. But uh, yeah, something about like knowing that you're going to do that drive seems preferable to, you know, having the the goalpost push back over and over while you're just sitting in an airport somewhere. Right. Yeah. This dude I was sitting next to, like, shit his pants, was, like, throwing food all over the place, you know, punched me. Uh, it was my three-year-old, but it was uh, <laughs> still still a pretty pretty dynamic performance uh, by him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to be on the no-fly list, God willing, yeah. after that. I know, seriously. But, yeah, it's, I, I have a hard time noticing anybody else when, when I'm traveling with a with a three-year-old it's just head down every flight is chaos apologizing to people yeah i mean he's actually not that bad but uh, yeah do you ever give a like is that there is that normal where people like are like i have a baby here's like here's apology gifts yeah yeah i'm preempting the uh yeah your plugs yeah yeah what like we're usually trying like make contact with people around us and sometimes they're just like why are you talking to me? And sometimes they'll, <laughs> they're like, oh, I get it. You know, yeah, I, no have worries. A, I have a kid or I have a nephew. And yeah, it's, it's good just to like have, because otherwise you just feel like if there's silence in the internet, like you haven't interacted with them, you're just assuming the absolute worst sure, about sure. how they feel about things. So yeah, it's, it's always good to just like kind of make brief contact. That becomes like a new, like, little bit of decorum from anti-maskers who are on flights like hi just you know i'm gonna refuse to wear a mask so it may <laughs> i'm really sorry here's some gift cards right but it's just my freedom and i understand that's probably going to inconvenience you and that's not fair to you but here just please take these ear 
plugs and these flex cuffs and my family just we can't weather the price drop on my semen um, <laughs> right. so i'm gonna have <laughs> it's to it's important to me that uh my semen goes for top dollar yeah uh in the year 2022 so well let's talk about let's talk fox news real quick because they are gonna have to announce their vaccine status probably just internally right like yeah. we're not gonna get to know their vaccine status are we no, I mean, no, but, man, HIPAA laws. Yeah, HIPAA, <laughs> hippopotamus is going to protect them. And uh, I'm sure, look, you know what's going to happen. Somebody there's going to leak this shit and then oh, it'll yeah. be all on wax. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But that seems like that's what could happen to take the wind out of some people's sails. Maybe yeah. it'll get. I don't know. Look, but here's the thing that's been passed around. If you worked at Fox, they got this real nice. Uh, alert it says dear colleagues as all of you know the health and safety of our employees has been our priority at fox news media since the start of the global pandemic 17 months ago whether at work or at home the covid 19 pandemic has had a tremendous impact on all of our lives here are some of the steps we are currently taking given the recent rise in covid cases nationwide and the spread of the delta variant one we have asked all, and it's like underlined, employees, whether on site as part of our essential workforce or working remotely to upload their vaccination status into Workday. That's how I know this shit's real. They just said, hey, please put it in Workday. Work <laughs> hey. um, and then it's like, this is being done for uh, space planning and blah, blah, blah. It says all employees must enter their status in bold no later than today, August 17th, by the close of business. So that's a little, that's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people I like, mean, huh, it's not what you, that's not what's on the air, though. Right. Hmm. Yeah. What are are they doing it just to make sure that people aren't falling for this vax bullshit? You think that's what's going on? Because I could actually see the person leaking it being either, you know, somebody who's like, ha ha, Tucker Carlson sucks and I'm going to show that he's full of shit. Mm -hmm. But I could also see somebody leaking it because they're like, they betrayed us by getting the vaccine type shit. So either way, I don't care why you're doing it. Please leak this information. It's probably the anti-vax people don't want to be around all those vaxxed employees and they're worried about right. uh, the... You know, what will do their sperm? More gelins or whatever they're worried about. Yeah. Larry Kudlow is like, I can't do it. Like, I can't be around yeah. people like that. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on uh, cum futures. But is, is Fox News even that popular anymore? It feels like it's kind of it's kind of like diet soda to the real hardcore Q. Yeah, I mean, they're still doing numbers. They have been, you know, people have been migrating to Newsmax and OAN, but it still seems like it's still part of your full, your complete and balanced right wing diet is you got to have mm. your you got to have your vegetables in the form of Fox News, I guess, before you get to the yeah. sweets of Newsmax and Mike Lindell. But you got to. You got to smuggle in a little uh, Ziploc of OAN in your underwear to, just to get that yeah, hit. Snort of, it in the flight yeah, yeah. and then fight all the passengers. But I mean, it's funny We've because been there. They, cle they clearly know, right? Fox News clearly knows as a business that they can only way to operate safely is like is to do this because they know that COVID is serious shit. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, well, we just want to make this place as safe as possible for our goons to go on camera and then be like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Fuck Joe Biden and vaccines. Just go out there and be free because we know what the people want because we're all in Manhattan. We know what Red America is thinking. It's like, yes, the fuck is this? Hey, they're in enemy territory. You know, they're just plotting from behind the lines. Mm. The... Yeah, I I don't know. I, it seems like Fox's ratings are still pretty dominant, but we're just like not really paying attention. But 
they're just as popular as ever. And then you also have the OANN and shit like that. Yeah. And then they're in weird, like, but it's funny because all of those networks have like double speak going on where like some people will be like, no, like it's serious. And then like 20 minutes later, they're like telling you like it's going to turn your arms to like lizard tails and who knows what the fuck. Yeah. So I did develop grayscale after I got the uh, vaccine, but that's just. <laughs> Kept to be expected. trying to attack people in a boat, you know. Is that why your hand was wrapped in that rag? <laughs> I was like, what, what happened? Trying to keep that, that on the low, but yeah, a little grayscale. Never hurt yeah. anyone. Have you tried sacrificing your child to the fire god? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, the one that punches you and poops everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, my consultant, my grayscale consultant has recommended that. And we're just kind of looking at various options. <laughs> Let's talk Canadian election real quick. Hell yeah. Yeah, baby. North of the border. It's Let's Canadian go. Canadian election coverage. The thing that uh, the Zeit Gang has been clamoring for. This is just, it's always interesting. It's like finding out about the laws of physics on another planet. It's like, this is like they can, for instance, call a snap election. Mm -hmm. So Justin Trudeau just was basically like, hey, we're having an election on September 20th because he thought he would get, regain a majority in the House of Commons. So it's like an impromptu election. What, uh, what a was, dumb system. It's like they don't even have like some right-wing talk show host to spend millions of dollars uh, making a, a new election. They can just I call know. it. That's so dumb. Snap election, dissolving parliament. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> it was supposed to be October tw 2023. So we're going We're going off uh, two, and a, two years, one month early. Is mm -hmm. that? No. Yeah. That's, that's how math works. Mm-hmm. The Conservative Party tweeted out an ad using a jib-jab animation from the year 2004. It's mm -hmm. very wild. They basically just, like, copy-pasted Trudeau's face onto Baruch Assault from Willy Wonka to be like, he's complaining. He's a, he's a complainer. <laughs> and people are just pissed at Trudeau for calling an election at all. Like, it I seems like the worst thing that he did was call this election. I love how polite even the attack ads are in Canada. Like, right. I remember when I, I was in Toronto when this election, in the lead up to the election, when uh, when Trudeau got elected and like the attack ads on him were, were just people, uh, people in bars and like other places were being like, we just don't think he's experienced enough. And that was like, <laughs> right. that I don't was, like, care for this attack ad. Yeah. Right. I don't think he has the right ideas to be qualified, to be quite honest with you. And here it's like, he's a fucking demon who eats fucking <laughs> yeah. puppies. Like, wow. Eh, well. I think the slogan was, he's just not ready. So it was just a bunch of people go, being like, he's, I just don't think he's ready. Wow. Hey, and uh, which like leaves the possibility. It's like, I, I might consider him if he yeah. was ready, <laughs> but he's just yeah. not. So I guess I'll be voting conservative this year. Yeah. And the other thing is like, to your point of like, why are you calling an election right now? Because it's a very... Like you're saying, there's a there's another wave of COVID happening because the Delta variant is also making its way through Canada. And a lot of people are like, this isn't the right time. Like, it just shows a disconnect between the politicians who are like, well, I know Trudeau sort of logic is I did a great job with COVID. So maybe if I call a snap election, they'll come back, they'll help vote liberal and give me a majority. And then that'll help me out without realizing people are fucking just exhausted and drained. And then you want them to vote in person during another wave of the pandemic. And 
there also like vote by mail isn't a really popular thing in Canada either. So it seems like a bit. You have to vote by moose. Oh boy, there that? it is. Hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, and they're saying like his numbers aren't even like strong like they they think that he's probably going to get the same like he won't even get the thing he was hoping for right at this point so shout out to trudeau kind of a a cell phone it seems like this reminds me a little bit of like the the brexit thing where they were like okay let's do the sensible thing and hurry up and get this over with and then turns out people aren't as rational as as the uh liberals think they're going to be mm. i've made a terrible mistake <laughs> exactly. but yeah had a ton of money to have an election and then just kind of be like oh i got the same votes huh <laughs> ah, fuck all right well i guess they don't like me as much as i thought all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about important stuff like the new host of jeopardy And we're back, and school is back in sesh, baby, mm-hmm. uh, in some some parts of the country, Nevada, Florida, Mississippi. Yeah. How's, how's it going, Miles? I mean, just a cursory look at the headlines, and it's, they're terrifying, okay? So just, I just searched school COVID this morning, because I'm just, because, oh, you know, I, I saw one thing about, like, in, so in Florida, four teachers just died of COVID. It's like before the school year even started. So it wasn't that they got it in school, but they're like four teachers aren't like are like the students are going to find out that their teachers passed away like days before the year started. Oh, my God. And they said that three of the four were unvaccinated or at least three of the four were unvaccinated, according to the school union president. And they were like on summer break when they caught it and just tragically passed away right before the school year. And I was like, oh, my God. God. So then I was like, possibly working service jobs to supplement their income, but who knows? Yeah. But then you see another thing in Florida 400 students and faculty must isolate after a COVID exposure at school. So, for over 400 students in Palm Beach County, they had to quarantine just two days after school began because of a a coronavirus outbreak at school. And so they're like, yeah, essentially, like when school began, 51 students and staff had tested positive. So in total, 440 have had to isolate. I said, oh, my God. And this school has a mask mandate, but parents can opt out. So it's not I don't know what the point of that mandate is. Then you look at Nevada. This other one said more than 80 students were potentially exposed to COVID-19 on the first day of class in Reno, Nevada on Monday after a parent sent their child to school, despite both the parent and child receiving a positive COVID-19 test just two days earlier. The exposed students had to quarantine at home and started distance learning on Tuesday. I mean, so my question, the numbers are fucking car wrecks. The numbers in Florida are worse than they were at the peak of of COVID like last year when everybody was doing distance learning. It it just feels like I was just talking to a friend of mine who like works on software sales and was doing a demo thing for a bunch of clients. And he was talking about how at the beginning of the day, everyone was masked because they didn't know each other. But by the end of the day, he was the only person wearing a mask. He's like, it's not like we got more vaccinated over the course of the day. But right. People just got 
a tired of it and be just like more comfortable, I guess with, and I feel like that's where we're at with just the pandemic at large. We're just like done tired and also just comfortable with the idea of dying of COVID. Yeah. And I think a lot of people too, though, have like their own like flawed anecdotal data set that says like, dude, I've been doing my shit and I've been healthy or I haven't gotten sick. So what is, and now I'm vaccinated even better. You know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of psychological things that too, that like, I think make people not necessarily that they're like, I don't give a fuck if I die more. So like, I mean, I'm based on this current plan I'm on, I've been doing great. So why the fuck should I change anything? And I think that's where I think for even my, I find myself feeling like that too. But then I'm like, Oh, right. But prior to this, I was not socializing. I was like, I was taking my safety very seriously. And it's not, it's not that I was out in high risk situations constantly and not getting sick, but like we sort of begin to, you know, rearrange the order of things to sort of make ourselves more comfortable with things. Or at least the, for me, that's ha- that's happened. The CDC, I, I think it was a director of CDC or some health official straight up said it was like weeks ago. They were like, if you're not vaccinated, you are going to get the Delta variant. Like that is how communicable Oof. this is. Like it right. is. It's happening when, not if. Sorry, it is yeah. a thousand times it's so more contagious. prevalent in the nasal cavities of people, even people who are vaccinated, who are, have breakthrough infections. There's a thousand times more COVID particles. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a scientist, but I heard someone say someone at work. And this is not a scientist. This is someone just at my work. <laughs> But so it could be wrong. Hey, in 2021, that might as well be a fucking Nobel Prize winning (laughs) scientist. So someone at my work was like, the regular COVID is like a spray bottle and the Delta is like a hose. Yeah. In terms of just like, you're going to get it. Yeah. And again, and you look, uh, sorry, I wasn't even done with the headlines uh, because we have to take (laughs) a, a trip over to Mississippi. 5,000 in isolation after three days of school was a headline nearly and this is from the article quote nearly 5,000 children educators and school staff are quarantined in mississippi after returning classrooms at the start of the school year some under mask optional policies the 69 outbreaks reported between august 2nd to august 6th which was the second week of school for some districts resulted in nearly 1,000 teacher or 1,000 children and 300 teachers and staff testing positive i mean oh my god that sucks so bad. I can't even say nice after you said 69. I, I can't even either. And I famously love right. 69. You're, yes. Did I say 69? Oh, yeah. 69 outbreaks. 69 outbreaks, <laughs> bro. I uh, mean, that's how bad it is. That's that you how didn't bad even it is. notice. Yeah. You didn't even notice that you said 69. And we're Things trying to bring 69 dark. culture back, too. It's a shame. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I, I, I don't know. There, every article you read is like, it's a bad, nothing's turning out great. I think the best piece of news we got is that Lollapalooza only like could be attributed to like maybe just under 200 or like around 220 infections from Lollapalooza. So it wasn't oh, like a super spreader event. So everyone's that's like, good. Okay, I well, mean, like, good. it's not good, but hey, it's better for, than I thought. Look at yeah, those pictures. Right. For as many people, you're like, but it seemed like but most it's people like, were on what is it? Because it's outside. Outside yeah. is still outside is still the way to go. 
Yeah, but still not foolproof, it. it seems. You know what I mean? And, right. And again, you have people who were unvaccinated too there who just had to bring negative tests and things like that. But it's just the hard part about reading all these headlines is like you just know that this is going to end tragically before they yes. figure out that they should have never gone like gone back to in-person instruction without these like really simple safety precautions and measures put into place. And I've I'm not a parent, Jack. I know you're a parent, allegedly, and some people <laughs> I know that are parents. But like my heart goes out to you all because like having to Seriously. navigate this world where it seems like other parents ideas of safety is diametrically opposed to yours in the sense that it's like this antithetical thing. It's like, well, we're just kind of dice rolling it with our kid. But we've but we feel this is safe. It just feels like total chaos. Yeah, I mean, such chaos. We're not back to school yet. Mm -hmm. I have to just based on last year, it seems like everybody was very into the precautions. So I'm hoping that we have we have the, the right community for it. But right. Yeah, man, it's it's so scary. Yeah. I, I have a couple of friends who are teachers and we just like had a big like party. I mean, not a big party, you know, like eight of us came over to their house to have like a bye see it till the school year's over right. like because we're all vaxxed they're vaxxed but they were like yeah like we're just gonna be like vectors of disease for a little bit like we're gonna get covid like just because they're going back to in-person learning and they're like they're very scared right they're not feeling good about it no yeah uh it's like yeah so this these are the, the stakes right now and it's the most wonderful time of the year it turns yes out. yeah it's ma it's fall yeah, yeah, the fall. It's the fall. <laughs> it's the fall. It's fall. It's the fall. <laughs> why is that? Why does the South go back so early to school? Yeah, I never. That's the news point, to me. I didn't know that. I remember when I lived in Kentucky, we would go back to school at the beginning of August. And it's like, OK, so it's extra hot and uncomfortable. So we're going to go back because it's the South. It doesn't fully makes sense. Maybe it's weird. like a farming thing or something. It it seems just based on a quick search, it seems like it has a lot to do with farming. Yeah, Earlier yeah. start of the season, southern students would get out sooner in May to help on the farm than northern students who typically got out of school in June. So because uh, of this, they go back to school in August while the northerners go back to school in September. Got what it. about SoCal? <laughs> We're just vibing, y'all. <laughs> we just kind of vibe it out. Hit the marina, we bro. We just vibe it out. We just vibe it out, bro. <laughs> Well, speaking of vibing it out in SoCal, Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> is running a very serious campaign so for serious, governor. So serious, so serious, so super serious. So serious. Yeah. You mean a uh, Big Brother Australia contestant, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> right. So she was doing a like walk and talk tour of Venice Beach to essentially just, you know, point at the unhoused and be like, oh, God, what a nuisance, right? Gavin Newsom should be out. What are my ideas for? I don't know. Look, I just got back from Australia. I'm jet lagged. But God, during this, a lot of people had a lot of questions for Caitlyn Jenner. And to your point, Kate, mostly being like, uh, you just were on Australian celebrity Big Brother, like in the middle of this. Like, what is going on? This feels like a stunt. So first, People were asking, like, hey, is this like, do you have some kind of money making business deals on the side that are like tied to this campaign? And she got so fucking evasive. I just want to play you some clips of people just asking very normal questions of a gubernatorial candidate at a press conference. Oh, my so God. Check this just 
straight up fucking pro answer from Caitlin asking, are you have you pursued any money making ventures based on this campaign? Uh, a lot of people have said that this is a vanity campaign. Can you reassure California voters that you haven't pursued any money making ventures related to this campaign? Reality shows, books, etc. I've never worked so hard for nothing in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, no, I had a prior commitment in Australia that was before this campaign even started. And uh, not like most politicians, I actually honor my contracts. Um, uh, yes, and I do have a job. I think every candidate uh, that is running on this. Anyway, it's like another minute of just uncomfortable like, hmm, uh, well you know uh she also and, does everything besides make the jerk off hand motion when she refers to the campaign she's like right. this campaign yeah, whatever the fuck she's so over she seems over it i think like it's a i don't know if it, it's not like it's a valid question but also like it's like when you're a celebrity the way that Caitlyn Jenner is a celebrity like everything you do is for your personal brand which like will make you money like right. so like obviously like she's making money right from like being in the news like it's gonna turn yeah. into money like her relevancy like she's gonna book more reality things like she's gonna right whatever like it does this is the this is the Kardashian business model I think right. the thing my brain is objecting to is that she wasn't more ready to lie like like as a as a politician come absolutely. on absolutely and, it, and the funny thing was like after the fact like one of her reps like reached out to like the journalist and like answered the question like directly and was like no this has nothing to do with making money and they're like well why and they're like they just weren't prepared to answer questions on that, oh my god that it's like well how are you huh. then you're not a serious candidate but again very serious campaign very serious, very serious. goals and, you know, you move on. We're in a fucking pandemic. So not just, you know, the, the unhoused, which I get is a really popular talking point to just smear the poor, but also trying to say, like, you know, hey, you, you want to run this state? What about COVID? You know, what do you think about, you know, like vaccine mandates and things like that? That might be something you'd probably want to weigh in on as the potential governor. And then this is just another great answer. Just rapid response. You could tell she's been thinking about this. It was a no-brainer to respond to such a simple question. <laughs> What's your plan on how to deal with the Delta variant if you're governor? Right now, we have to follow the science. California is currently <laughs> mandating masks oh. in schools. Well, Florida's Republican Governor cool. Ron DeSantis is fighting against masks in schools. Sh should kids in schools be wearing masks? Um, that's really up to the science of it. Uh, I'm, the CDC I'm says they a, should. Yes. And she is CDC, such a I fucking dumbass. What the CDC says. But to be honest with you, I, I'm, I don't know if that is the answer, masks. <laughs> Wait, so you said do what the CDC says. Yeah, we should follow science. But to be honest, I don't know if science is the best thing. Oh, my huh? God. Then when someone like in the crowd, like at like during like the press spray, like when people are just choose taking questions, someone's like, what do you think about mandating vaccines, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> she's like, I'm here to talk about the issues of the day, like referring to the unhoused. And then another porter's is like, we're in a pandemic, though. <laughs> <laughs> just crickets. 
So, oh my God. Yeah, we're very lucky in the state of California to be looking down the barrel of just, you know, bringing back fucking Gavin Newsom, who's not doing the best, or just a Republican to fully fuck things up. So, yeah. so fucked. September 14th, Californians, but time to gotta, go to the polls. I do like, you know, that like, you know, that like, Caitlin running this like joke of a campaign and then Kanye's like whatever that was mm-hmm. the birthday party thing like Kim is sitting back and she's just like taking notes like she's she's like oh, yeah. definitely going to be running in the next like five years for something yeah attorney general these are the guinea pig campaigns testing out the waters for Kim Kardashian can you could, ma- right <laughs> she's like or, she, she becomes like a total autocrat she's like I've been studying the great minds oh for, for decades and it's time for me to make my move. I mean, that would be the the one campaign I would be frightened of. That, that I'm succeed. terrified because she's going to have Chris <laughs> Jenner in her corner. So and she's, she's like, so smart. Yeah, I know. Chris, Chris Jenner's a mastermind. But before any of that happens, we're going to see how the Donald Trump Jr. Uh, Scott Disick ticket works out in the yeah. 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like those two. (laughs) Lord Disick. Yes. Yikes. Bring them together. Oh, there was another thing I wanted to mention. During this like walk and talk tour of, you know, of trying to appear as like a serious candidate who's trying to address things like the unhoused population in in L.A. She was like walking with like three like homelessness advocates who were like trying to explain what's going on and what's needed. But they were also like pretty hostile with her. And even though this is like an event made to be like, I'm going to be talking with advocates. None of them were like, oh, yeah, I'm not. An, I would never endorse her. <laughs> They're like, she want to talk. I'm telling her I'm telling her as a candidate, like what's needed. But like none of those people were there as to be to endorse her at all. So the whole thing was like a very bizarre press event. Yeah, this is one of those unfortunate political situations where I think. Californians need to get out there and vote for the lesser of two evils, because if you know. It's yeah, there's going to be a lot of Republicans who are voting. And so Californians just all need to go out and vote no. And then we'll hopefully do better at the next primary. But yeah, because the other thing is Jenner's behind in the polls. Larry Elder is in front, the black conservative radio host. Oh, yeah. So you can only imagine what kinds of ideas for progress he might have or doesn't have. But Mm. yeah, it's truly a fucked if you do and super fucked if you don't kind of situation yeah. because like i said last time if diane feinstein were to go down the governor is the person who would pick the replace the interim you know replacement for oh, her as fuck. a senator so if that were to happen on their watch you could now just see the senate math going real wacky all of a sudden and also Oof. a lot of the executive appointments they could just replace the policy stuff would be a lot harder because of the veto proof majorities in the legislature but the other stuff as it relates to executive appointments and those other responsibilities could easily cause plenty of fucking just nonsense. Feinstein's pretty old, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.